This is Shutters Inc. with Bruce Williams and Glenn Lavender. Hi, and welcome to episode 495 of Shutters Inc. with less enthusiasm than usual. This is Bruce Williams from ShuttersIncPodcast.com, and joining me via Skype once again from Melbourne, Victoria, from CreativePhotoWorkshops.com.au, it is Mr. Glenn Lavender. How are you? Um, well, first up, I have to ask is that possible? <laughs> Yes, it is. It actually is. Okay. <laughs> on your end, mate. It is on my end. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm moderately moderately uh, I'm okay. I'm whelmed. Oh, okay. I'm whelmed. As I'm not overwhelmed. Uh, right. I'm not underwhelmed. Well, to tell you the kind of week it is, instead of my usual coffee, I've got a glass of red. <laughs> oh, yeah. Red what? Cordial. <laughs> yes. Exactly. <sighs> So how's your week been? Well, as I said, I'm whelmed. You're right. supposed, you're supposed no. to ask me, because we set this up earlier, not. Um, <laughs> Gee, Glenn, why are you whelmed? Why are you whelmed? No, no. Gee, Glenn. <laughs> Gee, Glenn. <laughs> why are you whelmed? I'll slice it and dice it and put it round in the correct order. Gee, <laughs> 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 Glenn, know? why are you whelmed? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I'm sure you asked. I'm sure you are. Well, at the at the stunning response to our triumphant return for 2021 on Facebook. I mean, the the the, oh, the glowing emails, the lovely personal messages we've been getting all week about how lovely it is to have us back. Uh, whelmed. <laughs> you know, right. We we got we got two. Yep. To, uh, which is probably fifty uh, percent more than we deserve, but still, <laughs> you know, they say, Bruce, they say you get back what you put in. Not me personally, but because uh, if that was the case, I'd get nothing. But we got we got two lovely we got two lovely lovely little things on Facebook. We got uh, our man Froggy Clark from Tasmania. Yeah, he put up the little Stan Laurel and Oliver Hardy. I'm not sure which one's the fat one. I think he's implying me. <laughs> I took the kids. I took the off topic. Took the kids to Luna Park yesterday, which is uh, for those who don't know, it's uh, like a, an amusement park, roller coasters, etc. Small one. Yeah. And because of COVID restrictions, they have to ask you all these questions. And the first one, the woman pointed at is, "Are you pregnant?" And I said, <laughs> oh, "No, I'm fat." <laughs> but you know, I'm thinking. You know, <laughs> I'm, 40, I'm, I'm about forty years past my due date. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so we've got a lovely little little thing there from Welcome Back Lads from Froggy, and I've got to say, um, uh, the lovely cast tippet from uh, from yes. America, America, yep. America. Uh, so, so I can't begin to tell you how nice it is to hear Glenn back. Didn't even try, really, did he? <laughs> I can't begin to tell you. Well, you could have tried, frankly. <laughs> you know, I know I only got two, but the fair lack of effort from the two that put in. You know? <laughs> Froggy cut three words. Welcome back, lads. And okay, an apostrophe. Give him that. Exclamation mark, sorry. Even better than apostrophe. And, and he obviously put pictures on it in a photo podcast. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Cass. Yeah, I can't begin to tell you how nice this is. Obviously, it's not. <laughs> so that wasn't very good. I've missed her sardonic wit, he says, which I think is rather, rather. And then, unfortunately, he goes on. Uh, edit. I hadn't made it to the poetry slam yet. Uh, bring back the hierarchical storage guy, which I think he's meaning Joe. Were you guys talking storage or something whilst I was away? Uh, I think we might have been. Well, it's just the, the, yeah. I think we did. We did talk about uh, data backups and storage regimes and whatnot. Uh, it's obviously riveting because, you know, hmm? you can remember it well. Oh, mate, it was two months ago. I can't remember that far back. Well, all the way back in 2020. Give me, yeah, yeah, give me yeah. a break. I guess most people trying to blank out that year, I guess. So yeah. it's, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. Yeah. My, and I should also add, uh, my wife says you need work. I need oh, work. No, so I, I read that wrong. My wife says you need to work on your intros on Facebook uh, for the podcast. The intros? Because on her phone... All she saw was, we're back for 2021. This week, we talk about Glenn's mum and surfing lessons. <laughs> and she says, if you're trying to get new listeners about a photography podcast, those probably aren't the words to lead off with. <laughs> it's what probably she's saying. <laughs> she's saying, maybe you might want to put something, I don't know, like the word camera. 
<laughs> and the word photograph in there. You know, and she's a smart lady. Plus, she's my wife, so I can't argue with her because she always wins. Yep. Uh, so, can you call her up and argue with her for me? Yeah, sure. <laughs> so much easier. I can do the same for you anytime you want, dude. No of problem. Course, of course, of course. That'd be great. Uh, so she, she, she says, you know, she goes, "What are you talking about? Surfing lessons in your mum for?" I said, "Well, it was, it was a broad scope discussion. We talked beyond that, and then I recited my poetry to her. <laughs> that had the impact I was expecting. It did. Yeah, it did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Just, just the look. You know the look. You're married. You know the look. Yeah." That look, I got that. Yeah. <laughs> got that one. So I've had a good week because I said I took the kids to Luna Park yesterday for the last day of school holidays. Oh, okay. And I took I went with another parent and a couple other three other kids. Um, his two his daughter his uh, daughter's the same age as my daughter, and his son's the same age as my other daughter. Right. He only threw up twice in the first twenty minutes on rides. So that was pretty good. Good start for the day. And it was on one ride where we were. This is after 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 vomit number one had already happened, and he, he assured us all he'd said it was okay. Now and he's on this ride, and we're saying, "I'm saying to his dad, watch the face. The tail of the tape will be in the face. Let's see what <laughs> happens." So, so the ride starts up, and he's got this great big smile on his face. Yeah, oh, he's loving us. Yeah, oh, he's here. his smile's getting bigger every time he sort of appears. There's this big rocking boat thing. Every yep. time he's, he goes up on the big swing, you can see his face he's got the big smile. Now he's smack bang in the middle of all four of the other kids. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I totally should have put him on the outside, but no, he's smack in the middle. Huge smile on his face. Then the arms go up in the air. And then after about four or five swings, the arms come down. Still the big smile. About six or seven swings in, the smile's kind of just kind of faltering. Uh, About ten swings in, it's kind of it's like oh, oh, look at his face. About twelve swings in, he's got his 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 hands on the on the bars in front of him, his head down. Oh no! <laughs> and then they close the ride down at the end. <laughs> oh, God. So that was a good day. Oh yeah, you gotta love it when you go take kids out and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah strengthens them. But they've all, they've all gone back to school today, so that's that's. Uh... So they started back on a Thursday. I know, but well, some of the kids, some of the kids that we went with because they were a different school, they start back tomorrow on Friday. Oh, what? So they go back for one day weekend. I'd take a sickie. I know, like my work week. I mean, I can, <laughs> I, can handle, I can handle stuff like that. Yeah, my, but speaking of work weeks, my wife has been, uh, like everyone in her company, has been working from home this last 10 or 12 months, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, probably 12 months is about now. And the big CEO said, as of February 1st, everyone must work back in the office full time, five days a week. Right. Which she didn't do before COVID. Before COVID, she mostly worked from home. Yeah. You know? But there's been this, this, this demand. But we're going to send out a survey, an anonymous survey, for you to guide us in how you prefer to work. And so, so she gets the survey. It's anonymous. Goes, you know, so, so for those, I don't know, maybe for Cass, a bit American, uh, anonymous means it doesn't have to put a name on it. Yeah. But you have to put down your department and what state you're in. Yeah. Now, she's in Victoria, and she's the only person in her department in the state. So yeah. Somewhat not quite so. Yeah. And, and, and the survey was, how many days a week would you like to work from home? Not one or two. So oh. uh, even if you add them together, he's still not looking good. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, so, so it's a very free enterprise. You know, they're not trying to guide people's choices at all. Yeah. And then today, about five o'clock, she gets a message: uh, return to work for everyone February first in Victoria cancelled yeah. until further notice because they don't pay a lot of attention to Victoria. Right, it's a Queensland company. Well, the headquarters in Queensland, and most most of the office in New South Wales. So, Queensland and New South Wales have had very different COVID um, restrictions than we've had. We've had a lot more, you know. Right. So, in Queensland, they've worked out a plan for que- how people are going to go back to the office in Queensland. In New South Wales, they've worked out a, lot, a plan for how everyone was going back. No one bothered to check with Victoria was different. Right. So now there's no return because they physically can't go back to the office. So who knows how much longer she'll be home. <laughs> I was really looking forward to next week. Yeah, Monday, silence, just me and the cats. But no, it's not going to happen. So today I've been out location scouting for my project for Tamron next yep. month. Nice. And, uh, well, location, pop into a car yard. Location, pop into a car yard. Loca- yeah, you, you get the gist. Um, <laughs> so research a car. I'll take a photo of that to look like I'm doing some work. 
<laughs> Research a car, take a photo, look like I'm doing some work. Uh, so that's good. I've been, I've been trying to come up with some ideas for trying to shoot something different for this project. Right. In the same places you've been to all the time, where you, where you also can't show any graffiti, you can't show anyone's faces, you can't edit the photos, you can't... Yeah, but it's going to be epic. Yeah, so it's um, been, been somewhat of a challenging week photographically. Uh, right. Which is, which is quite different. Because I haven't done anything photographic in such a long time, so... Yeah. Quite different. Now, you haven't had a good week, have you? Uh, it's been average. It's been average? <laughs> Fair to middling, would they say? Yeah. Yeah, so the uh, we, we took our dog to the beach a week and a half ago, and he tore his ACL on his rear left leg, and... Yeah, you know, he's a he's a twelve year old dog, but he's in very good condition for a twelve year old dog, with yeah. the exception of a torn ACL. You know, and so the yeah, you know, the vet said, Look, you know, you wouldn't put him down, he's in great condition otherwise, but it's a four thousand dollar operation. <laughs> and everyone we've spoken to has gone and, and including the vet has said basically if they've done one, you can pretty much guarantee they'll do the other hind leg as well. Really? Yeah. Oh, because they're straining. Because the they end up favouring the stronger leg, and then they end up breaking that one. Oh, it's nice. like, man, I really don't want to sink eight grand on a dog. You know, I mean, I love him. I love my dog. Don't get me wrong. You love your dog. But there's a limit. You know, I mean, you could buy the new Sony A1. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, you got to put your priorities. You That's know? exactly right. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, so I mean, anyway, if you could travel, so, that's a decent little trip somewhere too, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, he's going in for that operation tomorrow. So uh, Here, here's the thing, though. Two things. Um, next week's Facebook podcast announcement. Don't put Bruce talks about his dog. No. <laughs> Just a little, little early tip. Okay. Uh, can you get pet insurance? Knowing he's already had a big injury, yeah, will they say? Is it like you know? Oh, yeah, we can't, we won't accept you for health insurance because you've got all these you know, pre-existing conditions, or yeah. I if, haven't if, 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 looked into it, but it wouldn't surprise me if they would go. Well, if he's already done one, he's gonna, he's highly yeah. likely to do the other one. So no, it might but be I, worth looking I, into if you can get yeah for twenty bucks a, a month or whatever mm. head insurance. I don't think it's that cheap though. I've I've heard stories of it being a hundred bucks a month. Really? No, really? Mm. Man. Oh, it depends about, it depends about what coverage you get, I guess, maybe, yeah, you know? exactly. As he goes in there, gets his nails done, and... Yeah, <laughs> so anyway. Um, oh. So, yeah. Hey. And, anyway. and, of course, we're, we're back into winter weather. So, oh, it's crazy weather, isn't it? Oh, we ridiculous. We had, we had 42 degrees. Yep. Followed by 18 degrees. That's ridiculous. So it's like 110, followed by 50. Yeah, you know, it's it's just yep crazy. And basically, stuff, you know? the the two weeks that I had off, yeah, when the studio shuts down at Christmas, those two weeks and the I think the two weeks following that just yeah. rained nonstop, and then we had one and a half weeks of absolutely beautiful summer weather where it was, you know, 28, 29 degrees every day. And then we had last weekend where it was like 40 degrees and just ridiculously nasty. And now we're back to, yeah, low 20s and rain. Man, crazy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Just just insanity. I mean, it, it, and you, you can't predict it. It's just like uh, we've got a whole week of cold weather again after just – Diabolically hot weather the other day. Yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah, you, you break when well, I'm not, but people break it out the heaters, then put on the air conditioning, then the heaters, and the yeah. air conditioning. Madness. It's getting uh, to the point where you know, you look forward to spring and autumn because they're the only sane <laughs> season. Now I'm, you know, I've got to tell you, I'm starting to think, Bruce. Yeah. Start just, just, just like a little gnawing, little itch. You know, we got an itch you can't quite scratch, a little mm-hmm. gnawing thing in the back of my brain. I'm starting to think that these climate change people may, I don't know, they might be a little bit onto something. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know, because I don't remember in my life, albeit you know, in the life of planet, it's relatively short, yep. you know, uh, I don't, but I don't remember this kind of variation. No. Uh, and today, so today's been cold all morning, 
Then it got really warm and humid this afternoon. And we don't have humidity in Melbourne. It right. doesn't get humid down here. We're not like Sydney. It's always bloody. Oh, you, know, you drip. You, you, look, you look outside, you start to drip, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Down here, we, we're incredibly dry heat. So we're right. so dry. I, I went to the Grand Prix here one year. It was 46 degrees. Wow. I drank eight, I drank eight litres of fluid in the five hours I was there and didn't need to go to the toilet once. Ooh. Okay. But wow. the entire time, I'm completely dry. Yep. So you have no idea. You have no idea that you're perspiring, because it just evaporates. It doesn't. You don't sweat. Yeah. You know, that's how hot it gets. Yeah. That's how dry the air is here. Yeah. You get nosebleeds because the air is so dry. So it's com- so we're only one city apart, but our <laughs> our uh, weather is so vastly different. It's quite amazing. Yeah. For uh, our international this- listeners, when Glenn says one city, he means eleven hundred kilometres. Yeah, 700 miles. So, <laughs> so that's yeah, one major city apart, you know. Yeah. <laughs> We're few and far between, just as we should be. We like to keep them all the way up there. That's right. <laughs> all right, so we've waffled. Uh, yep. We should have almost got enough in to get a, a natural episode down, and then we need to waffle right. for 15 minutes to make it viable. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, should we talk some photography? We should. I want to apologise to David Marland, because he did send yeah. me a massive email, which I didn't bother to include in last week's episode and it was a conscious decision on my part because i thought well the majority of this email pertained to uh, a conversation that joe and i were having in an episode at the end of last year and i thought well it doesn't really make sense to discuss it with glenn because glenn wasn't there for the conversation and so it wasn't really relevant and so i thought i'll just sit on it and then i thought well I don't know when Joe will be back on, and so I didn't want David to think that he wasted his time writing this big email. So I thought we'll just quickly gloss through some of the more generic points in the email tonight. So he's got all that effort, now he's just going to gloss over it. Something like that. <laughs> Dave, I, I still like you, mate. <laughs> I didn't say I didn't. Do you know what Bruce said earlier? Dave, Dave, Bruce said, he goes, mate, Dave sent this bloody long email. Does he realise it's only an hour-long podcast? <laughs> that was his exact words. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 that was it. Totally it, yeah. <laughs> sounds, sounds just like you. <laughs> just like me, yeah. Uh, he said so bruce was right about a couple of things yes i only hang hang on i've got to take take umbrage straight away this this email bruce was right (laughs) on a couple of things what the (laughs) so much about sucking up yes i only put up the proposition around the sale of dslrs and accompanying lenses holding their prices while the whole world wants us to go mirrorless as a conversation starter it made a good talking point that was my sole intent i do not have one opinion or another i just found it an interesting issue my main concern in this change is that as an amateur, I have a heavy investment in lenses, so changing systems is a huge disincentive for me. That's fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Joe was mistaken. Oh, this is talking about him being a mirrorless shooter when he's actually a DSLR shooter. Uh, this current revolution has an important issue that makes it a bit different from the previous one. In the shift to digital, lenses stayed the same. It was only the camera body that changed. In the case of going mirrorless, both the camera body and the lenses are changing. I would argue that as an enthusiastic amateur with a fair investment in lenses, this is a rather large leap than the previous one. I do not trust converters. Well, I'm with you there, David. I you know, have spoken already about why I chose not to go with the a7 III and a LAA whatever they're called LAEA4 converter yeah. for my old A-mount lenses simply because it hobbled all of the performance of the camera body which kind of defeats the purpose of buying the new body so yeah totally with you there uh, you could argue that you needed to consider a computer in the first shift however the companies did and still do supply software even if it is inferior to Lightroom, Darktable etc 
Despite this, by the mid-noughties, it was apparent that computers were going to be needed in most homes to use the net, etc. But you could and still can use your old lenses that were still very good. At the point of writing this, it is still not clear whether the big two have totally abandoned the DSLR altogether. They haven't really been forthcoming. I think they're playing a bit of wait and see. The offerings of Canon have been many in the DSLR area with an entry, mid and high level CMOS, high level being the 7D and the same for full frame, 6D, 5D and 1DX. Rationalising to say three cameras for a transition period as you have many loyal glass owners would make sense if the life of a camera is about 10 years and a lens for a lot longer. If I bought a new SLR Canon lens, say a 70-200-28, last year it is going to be good for a lot longer than the camera I want to put it on. So if they are still making SLR lenses and asking high prices for them, Question mark. Sad to see the demise of Michaels as reported by Glenn's Facebook. To me, it's another step that indicates that people are treating photography as less artisan and more commodity. Cheers and Happy New Year. Yeah. So funny, funny you should mention that Dave uh, brought up the Michaels thing. For those who don't know, um, mm. Michaels Camera Store, Melbourne Traditional Store, they've been around for 113 years or something like that, same family owned all that time. Yep. But David's last email to us, bizarrely, my Skype just went nuts and scrolled back in time in, in the messages straight to Dave Marlin's email where he was talking about Michaels. Is that right? So bizarre. Wow. Uh, and it says, uh, he goes, this morning I got quite a few e- emails from Melbourne Photographic Businesses regarding opening, reopening. Uh, this one from Michaels was a little different as they're changing their service offer. My understanding is that Michaels was the place to go for film requirements for developing, etc. But they're moving out of that area. Uh, not sure if it's just processing, uh, but also the supply of film, etc., etc. So that was his last email, re Michaels. And, and what was um, that? And, and this is, oh, is there a date on these things? I don't um, was it 9 p.m.? <laughs> it, does, it doesn't have a date. It's a time. What a stupid setup. Uh, well, yeah, no, needless to say, we can now say they're changing their offering again yeah. by closing the doors completely. Yeah. Which is, which is not, not entirely true. They're now going online. Yeah. Now, I, okay. I, I want to know what happened there. Why, why did they let out that information that they were closing their doors but not get the the story right because the whole Australian industry went into a tizwas about the fact that they were closing their doors and then 24 hours later it comes out, oh, no, they're not closing their doors, they're just going online. Well, I've got two words for that. John and Swainston. <laughs> right. Well, he put something in his face. So Michael's hadn't even announced it yet. Carly Michael, so one of the Michaels, rings me up. She goes, I just read your post. Where did you get this information from? Because we haven't told anybody. Oh, God. Oh God. Oops. I saw got it from John Swainson's Facebook page. She goes, what? <laughs> so oh, so I, I personally blame John, and I think he's got the shoulders to wear it. You know? <laughs> and he should man up and come on the podcast and apologise personally. <laughs> So I had a good chat with Carly, um, and uh, so, so here's the thing. There's a couple of things. Yeah. Obviously, being closed for eight months or whatever uh, for COVID doesn't help your business. Of course. You know? And whilst they would have done some online business, I'm not sure. I've never really been sure just how much their online presence was actually viable, how much they actually did, right. shall we say, okay? Because they weren't the big online marketers, et cetera, et cetera, as yeah, your other major competitors are in, in, in Australia. So Peter Michael, lovely guy, one of the nicest guys in our industry. So the, Peter Michael and John Swainson, back in the same breath, about the only two guys in the photo industry I ever saw with a camera. Right. Okay, so I would be out walking the back streets of Melbourne's alleyways um, looking for things to take photos of, and you'd come around the corner and there's Peter Michael doing the same thing. <laughs> and right. he'd be doing that for donkey's years. He'd, just, yeah. he'd go out for a walk at his lunchtime and take his camera and take photos. Yeah, fabulous to see. I mean, that, that passion was awesome. But he wants to retire, and right. he wants to go off and pursue other passions and interests. He's into long-distance walking at the moment, as an example. Right. Um, big, big old walking treks. His daughter, Carly, 
has started her own business and doesn't really and has already left Michael's. So um, I'm, I'm I'm sure there's a, the, the COVID kind of not forced the hand, but maybe made the decision easier mm-hmm. to to no longer have the big bricks and mortar and to simplify the business where um, it didn't require you know, as many staff. Or I mean, this is me just hypothesising. I'm not saying that I'm in any um, insider info regarding all that sort of stuff. But yeah, if Peter wants to go off and enjoy the fruits of his labour, good on him. Fair yeah. point. Totally. And if Carly, Carly's very passionate. She's still in the photo industry. She's very passionate about photo preservation, and um, yeah, go. She, she's starting a service where yeah, Mum and Joe average, uh, Mum and Joe, Mum and Dad Joe, <laughs> Joe, Joe. Oh, I, I, this my, my perceptions of Joe coming out. Yeah, from yeah, our other pocket, <laughs> Joe average uh, perceptions of. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> Well, it's better than, than Dave Martin called him Joel in one of his, <laughs> one of his lines. So, anyway, um, <laughs> he made a lasting impression. <laughs> Mum and Dad Average have all these millions of photos and will enter the digital dark age of losing everything. And from the years like 19, let's say 2004 to 2020, won't have, exist, have existed photographically in their lives in 20 or 30 years' time because they have no idea how to get those photos. Right. Except for possibly some very low-res stuff off Facebook. Yeah. So, you know, so she started a service where uh, you give her you know, access to your iCloud, any other places you've got photos, give her your computer, and she will put everything into a, a, a completely categorised system uh, with dates, date, order, remove all duplicates. You know what that's like for people who got their 500 yeah. copies of the same photo. Remove all duplicates, streamline the entire thing into one drive that's got everything. Wow. And completely fully searchable as well. So you type wow. in Joe at a barbecue or whatever, and uh, or, no, or Joe being barbecued. Or, uh, <laughs> it's just been roasted, differently altogether. <laughs> That was kind of funny. <laughs> and, and any photos of Joe at a barbecue would come up. Yeah. Okay, so she's, she's got this amazing service. So, so when she's more, and I've told her, so look, when, when you're more sort of you know, ready to go broader with this, come on the podcast and talk, tell us about it. You know, go in detail, because uh, I think so, she'll have insight for people that uh, would be very, very handy. Right. So, um our seven listeners will get into that. So, so I think Michael's closing is is a is a, is, is a multi factor thing. Yep. And frankly, yeah, if it was me, yeah, and not don't want to sound for too facetious. You got the monies in the bank. Yep. Yeah, they own the building. Yeah, that's going to get some nice rentage coming out of it. The other family members want to go and pursue other stuff. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay to say, hey, you know, we did good. We were hundred hundred ten odd years. Yep. Um, we had a good run. Uh, we, had a, we, 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 we left us at the top of our game. We were the best there was. Yeah. And now we're not. Yeah. So that's okay. You know, the, the market won't necessarily change too much, I wouldn't think. Yeah. You think about, you know, if people are still buying from bricks and mortar, there's three. Well, one, one other store has gone from that same zone. So there's one block up from Blood Alley, which is where, which is yep. where Michael's was, uh, a store called Camera Lane. They've moved out to the suburbs. So there's right. two stores from there. There's a group of five or six stores. There's two of them gone. So, but if you're a bricks and mortar buyer and you want to buy in Blood Alley, you still got three stores to choose from. Right. So the so the volume of business will be shared over three stores rather than four or five. Yeah. Theoretically, so that's not going to change overly, except maybe those stores might actually become marginally more profitable. I was just you know? going to say that's got to be good for those that remain. Uh, and, and, and what will fascinate me, and I'm, I'm, I'll be totally honest, I have my complete doubts it's going to work, is that their online will be successful. Right. Because if you don't have a... Uh, I'm sure they've got a big customer database. Because uh, uh, they were really good at education. They had a big education business. That's still going to keep on going too. Yep. So they're still going to be running training and stuff. So that where and how, who knows? But at this stage, it's all going to it's still going to be viable. But if they haven't already got a, a massive online presence, it's hard to imagine what they're going to have going forward. Because how do you go out into that busy, noisy space? Yeah, and and gain traction, you know. And particularly if that's not an area you have focused on until yeah. now, it means you don't have people on staff with the skill set yep 
to yeah. exploit the online marketplace. Yeah. So it's, so it'll be very interesting to see if and this and frankly this is probably the way all 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 bricks and mortar camera stores are probably watching this very carefully. Right. Because it might be a transition they all have to do as well. Yeah. Or attempt to do. And and they'll be watching to see how Michael's go about it to see if it's viable for them to maybe think about doing as well. Yeah. Because yeah, the cost of bricks and mortar and staff and et cetera and insurances and leases. Uh, for those who don't know, Australia and especially Melbourne and Sydney have the highest um, lease costs of per square foot of just about anywhere in the world. Wow. Yeah. So so if you're if you're a retail store selling products that doesn't have a lot of profit in it, it's bloody hard to maintain a bricks and mortar. Yeah. So when, when I used to run Australia's second largest camera store way back when, it cost us twenty two percent of turnover, twenty two percent of all turnover to um, get into profit, and cameras were selling at fifteen percent margin. Right. So every camera you sold, you lost money on. Wow. So you think that's a, a viable business model, isn't it? <laughs> you know? uh, yeah, it's a, it's a funny industry. It's like Apple stuff. Yeah, Apple stuff. Yeah, their deals make one one and a half percent margin. Yeah, right. Yeah. To, to to maybe a maximum of six to eight. Wow. Yeah, it's just cra- it's a crazy world. So anyway, farewell a bit ish, Michaels. Um, yeah, you've served as well, and uh, uh, you're not the first, and you probably won't be the last. Yeah. But we'll get Carly on at some stage, and uh, she can talk cool and interesting stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I've got to warn you, though, Bruce. Yep. She's a bit of a talker. Right. Okay. She doesn't mind a chat. Doesn't right. mind. I have trouble getting a word in. <laughs> Might as well be a bit of Joe. Right. Or Joel. Right. <laughs> the Joel oh. Edie man. Yeah. That's his name is it? You take, yeah. take the elf Edelman and put it in Joe. <laughs> Joel Edelman. Uh, yeah, so watch her. She's a bit of a chatter. So, um, okay. yeah, just for, forewarmed is forearmed. That's it. I'd like to break into the podcast briefly to mention that we now have a Patreon account. If you get any value at all from our photographic giggle fest each week, we'd really appreciate it if you could spare a couple of bucks a month just to help keep the servers running. The link will be in the show notes. Much appreciated. Now, back to the podcast. This week, Sony announced the Alpha A1. Hey, did. I thought I'd let you... Um wax lyrical about that so i didn't bother looking at it look i i I think it's an amazing looking beast uh its aim is to replace the a99 mark ii which was the last of the you know a mount dslrs that they released yeah and and my suspicion is that this was the camera that you know sony was building to have all of the sports shooters use at the olympics 50 megapixel sensor, 30 frames per second still image shooting, which is faster than you need for, you know, film-like video. 8K resolution at 30p and 4K resolution at 120p, uh, as in frames per second. New Bion's uh, XR image processor, which is supposedly eight times faster than whatever came before it. Pixel shift multi-shooting, I don't even know what that means. And five and a half stops of sensor stabilisation, which is about a half stop improvement over the A7 III. Pretty amazing looking camera, if you're into Sony slash mirrorless. Obviously, Glenn, not your cup of tea, but... I can well, imagine funny a lot you of people that. salivating over this. This yep. is the first Sony yep. that could tempt me. Mm. What is it about it that tempts you? 400th of a second flash sync speed. Oh, yes. Yes. That was pretty cool. So back in the olden days, mm. early digital days, Nikon and Canon both had cameras that would sync up to 500th of a second. Is that right? They did. They did the D1 and the 1D, just to confuse things. They, they tried, when they started in digital, they wanted to keep it quite simple. You know? I'll, I'll go the number letter. You get the letter number. What? We both chose the same ones? Oh, damn. Uh, so the 1D Canon, the D1 Nikon, both yeah. had 500. But they were APS-C size sensors, you know, right. small sensors. Yeah. But they had 500 of a second. So technically, this is the highest native flash sync speed on a camera in about 40 years. Wow. 
in a 35mm base sensor, that is. Yeah. yeah. So for those who don't know why that's important, A, if you're shooting sport, you can use uh, the faster the shutter speed you use will help stop freeze motion as well as the flash will freeze motion. So it's yep. easy to get sharper, clearer pictures. Yep. If you are trying to knock down ambient or the, the natural light that's in the scene, say a sunny, bright day, yep. it's about three quarters of a probably two thirds to three quarters I haven't worked it out of a stop darker you can make the scene darker yep with no effect on flash power yeah and so when people go oh but you can do high speed sync you can shoot at two thousandth of a second or four thousand but that affects flash power dramatically yep okay so uh, so if anyone knows how um, a shutter blade system works what a flash sync speed means is whatever that number is let's say it's 200 or 250 which is traditional 400 on this one is the first blade of the shutter opens, the sensor is fully exposed. Then the second sensor goes, the uh, uh, second uh, curtain closes and covers the sensor back up again. Yep. The number where, the fastest number where the sensor is fully exposed, that's your highest flash sync speed. So in this case, at one four hundredth of a second, the first blade's opened, the full sensor's exposed, and then the, the shutter curtain closes over and the exposure's finished. So what that means is at Full opening at 400 a second, your flash can fire at full power, let's say, and it hits the subject and comes back, and all that light goes straight onto your, onto your, onto your sensor. Right. So you can use much higher flash powers. What happens beyond 400 of a second is the shutter opens, and then the trailing shutter starts to follow it. So it's more like yep. a photocopier. You get that little band of light that goes yep. at 2,000 of a second. It's like a photocopier light, a little band of light going, and it kind of paints light across your sensor. Yep. So to get the flash to light up your subject across that entire band as it goes across your sensor, you need your flash to be going and strobing out light. And, of course, you can't strobe out 20 flashes, let's say, at full power no. in 2,000th of a second. It no. Does. So your flash power is dramatically reduced. Yeah. So for a, a, a flash aficionado, or was it a, fla- a flash a flashionado maybe, yeah. uh, the higher the, the native sync speed you can get, the happy place you can play. Yeah. Yeah. So and if this I understand why, that correctly, yeah, yeah. The, the, the only way to achieve that faster sync speed of, you know, that brief moment in time where the entire sensor is exposed to light the only way to make that happen faster is to move the blades of the shutter at a faster speed it means they have to accelerate faster and decelerate faster exactly yeah yeah right yeah so somehow they've they've managed to look i'm I'm sure it's actually possible to go far faster again just no one's put any money into it i don't think for a long time Right. No, that's not where the development's been at, you know. Yep. But as things start to, you know, get to, you know, point of no return development on a lot of stuff, they're looking for other areas to, well, what else can we improve? Yeah. So so I was actually going to make all these points as well and stuff I was going to talk about. So fashion photographers, like high-end, I mean, the top fashion photographers, yeah. they all use um, either Hasselblads or Phase 1s. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's not necessarily because of their medium format image quality which helps it's not a not a it's not not a factor but the Hasselblad shoots a one two thousandth of a second flash sync speed it has what's called a leaf shutter exactly so it, it can shoot at two thousandth of a second shutter speed which gives them a vastly greater range of shooting capabilities then if you could only shoot at 200. All those shots of your model flicking a hair back, you know, flinging yeah. it up with water flying, if you can shoot that at 2,000th of a second versus 200th of a second, yeah. the sharpness de- the sharpness is going to be significantly better. Yeah. And uh, there won't be any of that. Uh, uh, so you, you can get some artifacts in high-speed sync right. where, where the strobe isn't necessarily overly even. So you can oh. get some little bits of banding sometimes. It's, it's just ever so... Sl- but when we're talking high-end stuff, it stands out ever so slightly dimmer, brighter, dimmer, brighter bits across your frame. Oh, yuck. Yeah, exactly, you know? So Hasselblad has this big advantage because they shoot 2,000th of a second. And one of the things I was going to mention, uh, for Sir Fuji's just announced this week, the 100 megabytes uh, medium format camera. Megapixel? Only 6,000. Megapixels, sorry, yeah. For 6,000 US dollars. So really cheap for what it is. Yep. An amazing camera. 
but the fashion guys will never ever take it on board and the sports guys will never take it on board because it's got one 125th of a second flash sync speed. Oi, oi, oi. Yeah, which is yeah lower than the $200 or $500 SLR. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if you're doing landscape photography, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> it's ho- horses for courses. But that certainly does limit which horses are, are gonna, it's going to be going on to, you know? Yep. They won't be photographing running horses, possibly, you know? No, that's uh, right. Not the flash, anyway. So, yes, it's really, it's, I thought that was a really, really cool thing that Sony's done is to, to increase that. Uh, and give just that little bit more range, that little bit more capabilities before you have to start making some concessions to both flash power and potential banding in the in that strobing of light. So I thought that that was, I, that was the first thing that stood out to me. I thought it was pretty darn cool. Yeah, interesting. So on top of all the other great stuff, it looks like it does. It looks like yeah. it, I agree. It looks a fabulous camera. Yeah. I mean, I've never been a massive Sony fan. I mean, I'd hate to think what the menu system's like on this camera. And I hate to think what the you know the usability is like, but hopefully well, it's awesome. If you're used to the Sony ecosystem, it exactly, would be, but it would be second the, nature. But I hate it, yeah, because it's crap. But if only can, because but, you're not familiar with no, it. No, because it's not it's not easy. It's not it's not logical. It the is. Stuff it does it. No, it, it's it, logical it once, once you train you yourself. Time with it. Yeah, but that's the problem. You shouldn't have to. You shouldn't have. You shouldn't have to. This button here that says focus lock. When I press it, guess what it should do, Bruce? Lock focus. It doesn't. Why doesn't it? You tell me. It's Sony. What, I did. What I does it, problems, what does it do? Problem. If it's it not does doing all focus sorts of lock, other, it brings it up other menus. It does all sorts. Of, every every Sony I've worked with, you yeah. press buttons and they don't do what the button says it's going to do. Well, that depends on the way you set up the camera because factory every reset, button is customizable. Factory, re- factory reset, all custom functions reduced, still don't do what they're supposed to do. Mm, okay. Pull your hair out frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, your nose touches the screen, takes a photo. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's crap, yeah. Anyway, um, I'll be shooting with the Sony soon. So right. So I'll, I'll, I'll look into what this uh, this A one. I, I, so I do think it looks an excellent camera. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if many people are going to up, upgrade. No. You know, amateurs are going to upgrade it because I mean most of the Sony's are excellent, so it's yeah. not really a need. But I did I did see a, a thing that I, a wording that I thought was uh, really good. The idea uh, it is also a return to the idea that the best camera a company can make is not for the masses. Oh, nice. Yeah, I thought it was really good. So this, to me, is, is Sony and what they've done here in a nutshell. They've made the, just simply made the best camera they could. They're not trying to appeal to Joe Public. Yeah. Uh, or Joel Public, as the case may be. <laughs> I'm not sure. But you, you need to have those super high-end models where they put all the research and develop because that's going to trickle down. If yep. all you do is make pleasing the masses cameras, you're never going to push the boundaries. Yeah. Because the masses don't necessarily at this stage need that, you know. So yeah, so I thought I thought that was a, a, a really a really cool aspect of the of the Sony, and it was interesting because the Fuji announced their 100s this week as well. So it's like well, okay, yeah. let's look at these two roughly the same price cameras. I think the Sony's sixty five hundred US, US something yep. like that, yeah, and the Fuji. So that, that'll medium, be nine 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 out here. Yeah, and the but the Fuji medium format camera. Six thousand. It's actually cheaper to buy a medium format camera than the Sony. Yeah, yeah. And those Fuji medium format, the detail out of those is astounding. I can imagine. Uh, I mean, mind bogglingly astounding. So yeah, so it's more expensive than medium format. That's a that's a pricey sucker, you know. Yeah. So, but it's just, just how different the markets are aiming at, you know. Yeah. But good on Sony for for making that. It's it's a it's a bold choice to come out with something yeah that that high spec. Yep. Good stuff. So what else you got on your list? Oh, not a lot, because I've waffled quite a bit. Tamron USA got in touch with me yesterday and said, do you want to try out Luminar AI for me? For right. Us? To all the ambassadors. I said, well, this and is what free. Is, what is Luminar AI? Well, Luminar is, is Skylum. Luminar, is, is their, they have um, their own software, their photo lemure. Uh, Luminar 4, I think it is. and uh, But they're, they're photo editing, like, on one, like, um, mm-hmm. who's the other people who do stuff like that? Uh, anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, but Luminar is the first artificial intelligence editing suite. Right. So it does 
an awful lot of the heavy lifting for you. So it, it's not catering. It's not. It's not something for the multi-level Photoshop user. It's not a Lightroom replacement, but you can use it as a plug-in to Lightroom. Right. But it's for the masses, again, who maybe want to vastly improve their photographs without learning how to do it. So the AI, the artificial intelligence, analyzes the photo, the contrast, the time of day, the light, the colors, and and it does its own. It recognizes there's people in it. It'll adjust eyes. It'll brighten eyes. It'll smooth out a bit of skin if it looks like it needs it. All sorts of stuff right. that artificial intelligence will decide what it thinks is the right way to do the photograph. And then you've got a whole bunch of sliders where you can yeah knock it down or pump it up a bit. Right. Yeah, so I haven't seen it yet, but I just thought I'd, I would. I'll be giving that a test, hopefully, over the next few weeks. It won't, well, never they send me the codes through, I'll get onto that and um, have a look, because it's something that's yeah, quite new. In Luminar 4 right now, you get, they've got some AI stuff, but it's not it's not that dissimilar to using uh, a filter, where it, you know, right. but it does a, whole, a much broader range of adjustments than a filter would do. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I thought that was pretty interesting, and um, we'll we'll have a look at that and maybe uh, see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, then I saw, and I thought I thought this, this controversial headline would go down well. No more Nikon. Right. In England. In England, right. no more Nikon. Wow. Until they figure out how to work the new Brexit rules. Right. The Nikon UK have announced they're not ordering. They're not placing any more orders for Nikon stock until they can work out the bloody Brexit kerfuffle. Right. Wow. That's kind, of, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not sure how. That's certainly going to be a reasonable size marketplace and a reasonable quantity of product not um, not going to be going into Nikon's coffers and not being sold. So there's, for those who want to read about I can imagine there's going to be a whole lot of Brits just jumping on the train through the channel and hop on over to Paris to pick up Possibly. their camera gear. Possibly, except that maybe COVID restrictions won't allow them and all well, that, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it's, it's, but, yeah, there's always the internet, yep. I guess. But, uh, but that, yeah, I thought that was, that was kind of interesting. Um, wow. And there's an article there on Peter Pixel. Yep. He's a good guy, that Peter. He's very, very, he does a lot of good stuff. He's on it. He's on it. And then I saw another Peter Pixel thing on Nikon. I thought, well, we'll keep harping on Nikon. Yeah. And it's, Nikon is going to be fine. Probably. Right. <laughs> <It's the article. laughs> but here, so here is a couple, of, a couple of interesting factoids in this article I pulled out just to think that um, Olympus's current market cap is $26.34 billion. Right. Nikon's current market cap is $2.9 billion. Wow. So Jeff Bezos, you know, out of Amazon, could buy Nikon with his lunch money. Yes. You know, but... Yeah. There's a there's a there's a, uh, a little video out there talking about Jeff Bezos's wealth. Yep, and it shows you in grains of rice, right? And it shows you like uh, how much the average person earns in grains of rice. It's like two, you know. Right. And it shows you Jeff Bezos's wealth, and it's like this fifty five foot pile of rice. Yeah, right. Right. Uh, a, a lifetime wealth, so I think it's lifetime wealth. It's like two grains of rice, and then what a fifty million dollar house looks like for for Jeff Bezos. And it's like six grains of rice or something, you know. <laughs> it's like uh, compared to his pile, it's like he's not even going to think about it, you know. Yeah. yeah oh, but he spent a hundred million dollars on a yacht. How could anyone do that? Well, look at the pile of rice. Yeah. You know, it does. It doesn't mean anything to him. Yeah. Uh, so Nikon two point four bill. Yeah, that's two point nine bill. That's that's lunch money. Yeah. But here's the thing that that I never knew. So um, the reason why. Olympus has mentioned this article because obviously they've just gone through a major transition but that, that all, a lot of Olympus's troubles came about in 2012 when their executives squandered an awful lot of Olympus's money I don't know if you remember this No. and then to try and get it back they made really bad calls on a bunch of stuff and blew a stack of money right. then to try and recuperate they made some really bad financial investments on like really dodgy things that all fell over to the point where they were all given the boot and sent to jail. They were all arrested and sent to jail. Wow. Okay, so Olympus, Olympus were in some dire straits back in 2012. But even then, at the end, in 2013, after all that disaster, Olympus's value was about $8 billion. Right. So in other words, almost three times what Nikon is now. Yep. But here's an interesting thing. Sony, in 2012, 
gave Olympus $650 million to help bail them out. Wow. Just gave, gave it to them. Gave it to them. Here, here. So you don't go under. Here's working capital to keep you going. Wow. Which I never knew about. That's a, was a, uh, so that, that's, and Olympus eventually paid them back. Yep. But yeah, Sony didn't want to see a competitor go out of business because it makes the whole industry look fragile. Yep. And then um, the, the, this guy's article says, despite the fact that Nikon's financial hole is multiple times worse than what Olympus faced. So obviously whatever debt Nikon's in is multiple times worse than even after all that shenanigans got people arrested and put in jail. Yeah. Uh, this guy thinks that Nikon's in a better position to recover because when Olympus was floundering, it wasn't producing anything close to a world beater of a camera. It just made you know, good cameras, good, okay product. Yeah. But then he asked the question, what is Nikon best at right now? And he says, I honestly can't answer that question. Yeah. yeah. But obviously, their mirrorless are going well. Their Z7 II. Yep. Only had about, uh, by the article said, they in Nikon Z7 II in Japan, in December, in December was the second biggest selling camera in Japan, but it was only available for, I think, like a week and a half or two weeks of that t- that period of sale uh, because it only just came out. Right. So obviously obviously they've got you know, a lot of people wanting to buy at least some of their product. Yep. But it certainly shows that if Nikon's going to go and lose $720 million dollars uh, this quarter or this half or this financial year, whatever it was we were talking about a week or so ago, yeah. if you're only worth $2.9 that's a lot bigger percentage of their business than I yes. thought it was. Yeah. I was I was quite shocked to see their value at being that low, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that, that, that that's, yeah, we've been sort of monitoring Nikon for a couple of years now. I thought that was all interesting stuff. Yeah. So um, so I pulled out those bits and, and, and mentioned them to you. Hmm. But that was it. That's all I had, you know. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. I'm done. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm my, okay my, with my, my chats. My chats still the way back in you know, like nine p.m. Whatever time that <laughs> the last lot of stuff came through. There we are. We're back. No, that's that, that's it. That's all I've got. Uh, I would like to go out and shooting with that Fuji 100s. I would love to, to try some landscape stuff with that. I, I did shoot with their 50 for just a, a very very short period of time. Right. And loved it to pieces. Yep. So, um, yeah, so yeah, it would be pretty cool. That's, that's something that still, even though I don't do much in the way of landscapes, it still fascinates me as a camera. So yeah. Uh, anyway, what's nice. your plans for the week? Anything exciting? Uh, that good? I think it's going to rain tomorrow. Yeah, we've got forty mil planned. So that'll yeah. be another fun day on the motorcycle. <laughs> oh, Lord, yeah. Uh The weekend. I don't think we've got any plans for this weekend, but the following weekend I do. I'm recording with the boys. So, um, oh, the band, music, music. You get the band back together. That's it. Nice. Yes. So. Uh, but yeah, I don't think I've got any plans for this weekend. So yeah. My wife hasn't told me what I'm doing yet, so I couldn't say. <laughs> right. uh, <laughs> Excellent. Will uh, you have a good week? Good. I will. You too. Bye, everybody. Um, thanks for the messages during the week. <laughs> yes, we were swamped. Cass, Froggy, <laughs> Joel. See you later. Bye, all. Shutters Inc. Another audio to you.com quality podcast. For questions, comments, and feedback, email the boys at shuttersinpodcast.com.